Hola, hola, hola. Welcome to Breaking Pan with El Profe and Letty. It's been a while, and we like to apologize for that, but you know, we're busy. Life's busy. <laughs> we live an academic life, and academic life's always hectic, right, Letty? I think, yeah, higher education life is just chaotic. <laughs> and so we, we work on two different spectrums, right, where the profe is on the academic affairs side as a professor, and then I work on student affairs side in admissions. So I think right now, between, you know, you teaching and lecturing classes and yeah. me right now in my bulk heavy recruitment season it's just when do we have time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny uh because and, and you know uh, by the time this podcast is out our other one's going to be out as well uh, but we recorded it a couple of weeks ago and it's just again we just got our, our jobs just took us over so don't feel like we left you guys hanging we haven't forgotten about you it's yeah. just life just gets busy and that happens and it really does but you know what it, unfortunately just you know just kind of spoiler for everybody we are coming almost close to the end of this season of breaking bond um it's not because of me. I just want y'all to know, Profe needs a break. He's old. So <laughs> he told me, he was like, the other day, he's like, Larry, I just, I can't do this no more. I'm not young anymore. And I was like, it's all right, my man. My neck doesn't yeah. look like someone over here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, well, why don't we get into it? Why don't we get into our topic today? So Profe, kick us off, man. What are we going to be talking about we're gonna today? Be, we're going to be talking about acculturation and assimilation mm. and really how mm. many of us in the Latino culture living here in the U.S., Mm-hmm. go through that whether we are first generation immigrants second generation immigrants or even third generation immigrants right involving and it involves really our cultural identity yeah what we retain what we lose what we want to bring back in our life mm-hmm. and especially as you get older and not only are you going through like college but even in the professionally the world, professionally yeah. we have to put on specific hats Right yeah. to act around to, to act in a specific way around specific individuals, individuals that maybe we can't feel as comfortable with expressing who we are culturally speaking. Code switching. I, I feel that a lot. I think we say that a lot too. Where it's like you know you you have to like learn you know how to play the game but also how to play characters right yeah. where it's like in one setting you have to say something or act or behave a certain way but then like when you're around people that are similar or culturally similar to you then you can be yourself right Indeed. or with others that are like-minded like you so yeah man so well prophet like in your experience you know mm-hmm. you've gone to some phenomenal research one institutions did you ever feel like that? Have you, like, when did it become, like, blatantly in your face, like, oh, wow, I actually have to, like, either assimilate or code switch? But, yeah, whether it be academic, yeah. but, like, personally, when did you start realizing this? I think a little bit in high school. Really? A little okay. bit. Tell us. Uh, but mostly in the college world, mm-hmm. and even right now, mm-hmm. I still have to code switch, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it all depends on the settings, and mm-hmm. it all depends on the people that I'm around. If I have like my white, you know, my Caucasian friends, I'm gonna, you know, act a specific way yeah. with them. Versus, for example, you or our good friend Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I act in a very different yeah. way with you guys versus other. A lot different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go into details, okay? <laughs> 
But, you know, I, I think back, like, in college, and mm-hmm. I, I, so when I went to college, my roommate in my freshman year was American. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he would hang out. He would take me, he'd say, hey, let's go over here. As we got older, you know, legal age to go to bars. We would yeah. go to bars together. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, it was like an Idaho country old, old, just one of those bars where you're like, hopefully I don't get stabbed, but the beer is cheap. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Exactly. <laughs> and then I started embracing like college football mm-hmm. growing up. I was a big fan of baseball mm-hmm. and soccer or football, the real football. football yeah. Right. And then in college, so I went to grad school and in grad school, an R1 institution, around my mentor, I could be who I wanted to be. Mm. Like uh, a Latino male, express myself a particular way. But then there were other professors, other uh, leaders in my department where I I got in trouble. Not in trouble. My my advisor gave me excellent advice one time uh, because I... It was like an impromptu presentation, last minute. Talked about, I think, my thesis. And I was just being myself. I'm like, well, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was slobbering words. I was just giggling. Mm -hmm. I was being myself. And I remember the department chair and the institute that we were at, the director, I think, contacted my email and said, hey, like, he needs to bang, 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 you know, like, work on this. Oh, so my wow. advisor, I'll never forget, emailed me that night and said, hey, can I give you some advice? And I'm always open to advice. Yeah. She sends me this huge email uh-huh. of, like, you need to be, like, careful how you say specific words. Uh-huh. Like, you know, make sure you say them appropriately. Uh, so just, and it was excellent advice. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. But right then and there, I realized I can't be myself in that institution with those particular faculty members. Mm -hmm. Now, as a faculty member, again, I'm very different with you and Christian versus maybe uh, my faculty peers. Like, I'm not... I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to joke around (laughs) differently with them versus with you guys. Yeah. All right? Uh, And it's not a bad thing. It's Mm -hmm. just you feel different levels of comfort, mm-hmm. right? And also, I think you can relate to specific people differently than others. Mm-hmm. Like maybe professionally, I can relate to them, you know, like from an academic side, mm-hmm. more with them and how we teach versus, with again, with you and Christian, I can relate to you, with you guys more on that cultural sense. Mm-hmm. And being a male, Latino, professional who, who jokes around mm-hmm. and we are who we are. Mm-hmm. So, again... How much of our true identity comes out with different people, that really depends upon us in the settings. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's a balance, and it's it's hard because, like, you know, I, I think in, you know, us working in a university setting, we mm-hmm. get to, in essence, have, like, our own experiments, our own focus groups with the students that we work with. Yeah. And I know, like, for example, some of the colleagues I have, you know, some of them, like, they finally realize while working professionally that they do code switch, right? Because this is yeah. one of their first or their second jobs right out of college. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, now it's becoming like, 
you know, it's it's upon I guess it's dawned on them that I do code switch. I don't mm-hmm. I do feel like I have to sing that. I feel like with you I can say certain things, but with the with other people that identify as white or Caucasian, like I can't say exactly. certain things because I don't know if they're gonna view me because there's not that many of us like that in the room or in the space. But mm-hmm. if there's a space where like there's more of us then I can feel comfortable to say what I's really on my mind. Yeah. And so it's 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 hard it's it's a balance but it's like it just goes to show the i don't know i, I mean you know i might get some heat on this for for saying this but it's like the fantasization of the the fascination or the fantasy of the american dream mm-hmm. where it's like you come to america our parents come to america as immigrants we're told that we have to act uh say talk certain ways to be yeah. accepted into this this country and then we grow up like believing that and then it's not until you get older that you realize that well by doing that i'm not embracing the cultural aspects mm-hmm. because you know you you start realizing that like oh like i'm code switching i can't i can't feel comfortable sometimes you hear people say comments that are sometimes might be rude or racist and then you turn the blind eye because you're like i don't want that smoke i don't want to you know get Mm -hmm. in any confrontation and so it's a lot of it is assimilating because you like need the job yeah excuse me but it's like you need the job or you need or the stability or whatever but it's like the the fantasy of the american dream i think plays a huge part in the um the assimilation that reminds me of a quick story in high school Uh so one time so in high school once you reach i think a certain age if i recall correctly they allowed you to eat outside of school like Mm -hmm. you could go to town for lunch Mm -hmm. uh one time i forgot if it was in a class or during lunchtime but we went to a gas station that was really close to the Mm -hmm. high school and I decided to buy some chicharrones, you know, those little bags. Mm. Uh, I, I like them. And so I, I was one of the very few Latinos there, bought some chicharron, had my bag of chicharron, all happy. Yeah. And one of my peers looked at me and you're like, they're like, ew, you eat that? <laughs> ew. And it made me feel what so self-conscious. Heck? Yeah. Because then like a lot of my peers kind of looked at me. Mm-hmm. Like for me, chicharrones, that's part of, you know, mm-hmm. my, my culture. My, you know, over in Mexico, a lot of people eat chicharrones. Mm-hmm. But he made me so self-aware of that in front of all my American peers mm-hmm. or a Caucasian peers that after that, I don't think I've ever bought chicharrones in front of any of my, like, white colleagues. Are you serious? Yeah, because it oh, made me feel no. so, like, oh, my gosh, like, what's wrong with this? But, you know, when you're an adolescent. Yeah, you don't know. You don't I mean, know. You, know, yeah, you don't I, know. It kind of traumatizes yeah, you to a certain it's, it's degree. it's bullying in essence, too, yeah. because they're making you feel, like, little because you enjoy a cuisine or a dish or chips or, you know. Yeah. You enjoy something that's from you, that's culturally part of you, and, yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy, man. And now with my college students, uh, it's funny when we talk about specific topics like motivation of eating. And one of the topics we cover is, you know, how people form or eat specific foods based off of their culture. Mm-hmm. I talk about like how I like to eat tacos de lengua, de tripa. And of course, I'm like, yeah, they'd be, they'd be looking at you crazy. <laughs> like, are you French kissing a cow? Like, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> but, yeah. and then my Latinos are like, yeah, add some salsita, cebolla, cilantro. Yeah. Mm. Right. 
right? Tu sabes. And I'm making more hungry, right? <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have food in my house. I apologize. So yeah. we have, again, now it's different as you get older. Yeah. No, and, I, you know, it's crazy because, like, I look back and, like, I mean, I think, you know, you, you know me. I'm very unapologetic in the way I move, right? Yeah. The way I speak and how I show up in the world. But I, I think, you know... And so it's, I know this is not going to make sense at first, but it's going to make sense. <laughs> okay. So I just remember growing up, because I lived in Los Angeles, I grew up in Georgia, I saw the racism mm. like blunt in our face. So I remember my dad, like when we used to cut grass, my dad, like when it was just me and my dad and my brother, we mm-hmm. could be jokesters, we can be ourselves, we would speak in Spanish. But I remember, like, there'll be times where, like, we're cutting the grass and my brother and I are talking in Spanish. And then, you know, one of the clients would come in. My dad would say, no, 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 I'm English, I'm English, like, speaking English, speaking English. Yeah. Because, like, apparently they would complain to my dad saying, like, hey, like, we don't know what those two kids are saying. And so, you know, one of the things that I realized, you know, at an early age is, like, that code switching was so real for me. It was in my face. And mm-hmm. so I realized, I, and I remember I asked my dad once, I was like, why do we always have to change when we're around yeah. Americans? Like, why? And my dad was like, you're an American too. And I was like, okay, but I, but still, why do we have to change when we're around other white people? Mm-hmm. Why can't we just be ourselves? Why are we, why do we have to continue? Like, you know, why can't I, you know, I was like, I'm not doing anything to them. I'm just talking to my brother and just mm-hmm. joking around. And, you know, we're just talking in Spanish. And then my dad was just like, yeah, well, we, we can't do that around the clients. Can't do that around the business. Yeah. Right. It hurts business. Exactly. And so that was something that stuck with me. And then, like, as I got older, when I went to college, I mean, that's kind of, like, more when I culturally got more closer to my identity, like, being Salvadorian, proud to be more Latino because of, you know, the organizations I was a part of, the Latino fraternity, yeah. and the Data Phi. All these things helped to play these roles. But eventually, it was just, like, I remember when I graduated college, I worked at... Um, before I worked a nonprofit, I worked at an education charter school, mm-hmm. and everyone was white, and I was the only Latino in that. <laughs> and I remember I only lasted three months. Really, I only lasted three months, and I went to nonprofit because it was so hard for me culturally. Because like I would come in, and I would like you know, and this is when I was making nothing. So I would come in with like you know my Tupperware of like arroz, mm-hmm. um, con frijoles, or like my little tacos, and then people would just be like, "What are you eating?" And it's just like It made me feel uncomfortable yeah. And again I'm on a project And I was like What do you care You're not eating it I'm eating it Yeah And so And eventually I realized I was like I gotta switch careers So I wasn't feeling happy So then I went to nonprofit. I was around other people of color And that's when I started Feeling again You know Rejuvenated And I was like Okay proud to be around spaces And then and then once I made the move, leaving nonprofit to work in higher ed, yeah, and that was hard. that was that was a wake up. Call. That was a rude wake up, call, <laughs> uh, a rude awakening, because the reality was that I went from working in a space where I felt appreciated, I felt valued, I felt like culturally I was accepted, yeah. to where like I remember the first day, one of the first times I was there working, I was talking to one of my colleagues in Spanish, and then someone came over and said, "We don't, you you guys can't speak Spanish here. You guys got to speak English in this building." Wow. And so I remember I just went up to the person I was like excuse me do you got a problem because I mean we can we can talk about it because I'm not speaking to you in Spanish I'm speaking to my colleague in Spanish and we're in his office and so she just looked at me like crazy and I'm just like like okay so what's up you know Mm -hmm. and so I I I learned you know like by growing up in the south by you know 
embracing it in college by having that three months in that one school then having four years in the nonprofit where I felt super proud Mm -hmm. to now switching to working at a PWI. I'm not. I'm unapologetic. I'm not going to take less. I'm never going to switch around. Like I'm going to be the way yeah. I am, and you can either take it or leave it. Because I think there's a way where like you can still be professional mm-hmm. and you can still carry yourself in a way and not feel like you have to simulate and sell out. Because I know, I know, I know. There's places where like you know you have to, and there's certain spaces that you have to be a certain way, yeah. which I agree to an extent. But I'm always like, I'm not selling myself out for that. So thinking back through your childhood, uh-huh. how much of your like traditions did you engage in? And how has that changed now that you're an adult? Like, you know, yeah. like, it's like I did go to the quinceañera. So, you know, again, I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have like my primera comunión, all that. Yeah. And, you know. And I still like I still appreciate, I still embrace them. But for you, like, did that change? Did it get better, worse? It, it, it's 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 you know I didn't get to do everything like like other I guess like Latino culturally like you know it was tough. I was like I never got to go back to El Salvador until I was like seventeen or eighteen mm-hmm. um, because my parents were so were so poor. My family was super dysfunctional. My dad was an abusive alcoholic. My mom, you know, she was depressed for most of her life, mm-hmm. and so she was depressed most of her life and so I think you know culturally we couldn't do a lot of things I know the one thing my mom instilled into me and she did the best she could was the food she made sure that I learned how to cook she made sure that we ate food from El Salvador she excuse me um she also made sure that we knew, like, my mom was really big on dancing, so she made sure that we learned how to dance cumbia. My mom was huge on, like, us learning music in Spanish. And my dad was the biggest pusher of, like, learn the American way, learn how the white people mm-hmm. talk, learn what they do, because mm-hmm. if you can do that, then you'll be successful. And my mom was like, no, like, still hold on to these few things. So it wasn't, like, ingrained in me. Like, I, like you know, and outside of that, I don't know, maybe, it's, I mean, if somebody... It does it differently. Let me know on the podcast in the in the comments section. But like, <laughs> like we don't celebrate quinceañeras, like mm-hmm. you know, or like our quinces, you know. And my parents, because unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunate. I mean, I don't even look at it as unfortunately. The way the situation came up for us, because my parents were undocumented, we had to move like so many times. Yeah. We didn't really go to like a one set church. So I went from a Catholic church to a Baptist church to a Presbyterian to a Paul. Like we went to so many churches. But to be honest with you, I never gave it like two cents about like church you know because mm-hmm. my everywhere we went like i was just praying to god that i was never gonna get separated from my parents yeah you know so like that was like my reality so i didn't really have the the religion part i think now at, as i'm getting closer to 30 what i find myself holding true to is like embracing the culture like the way i did in college like being able to know the meaning of like i did a whole paper i did a whole 15 page paper on the history of el salvador and how the united states of america went in and intervened Mm -hmm. in the exports and imports of the country back in the 1970s i did like a whole analysis of it um i did i read so many books when i was in college about the motherland because i was just like i need i want to be you know, it's one thing to think you're Salvadorian, but I also want to be like, I want to know this country that I don't, that I'm, my lineage is from, mm-hmm. but I didn't grow up in, but it's a part of me. And so then through that, I think now as I'm getting close to 30 with my two daughters, it, for me, it's more important now for them to embrace yeah. the culture even more at a young age. And my older daughter, who is four, she's about to turn four in December. 
like for Hispanic Heritage Month, like I been I push at home for her to wear these beautiful dresses from Colombia. My mom went to El Salvador early this year and my mom brought back dresses and I put my daughter in those dresses and she loves them. I mean, she loves wearing her dresses. And then like, you know, I, um, I'm trying and we try and, you know, we try at home to really make sure that Spanish is spoken at home. That's why we also have them yeah. in the dual language daycare, her in the dual language daycare, so that way she can practice Spanish and learn it because mm-hmm. that's what I didn't have. I didn't have someone teaching me Spanish when I was little. Yeah. It was my mom and dad leaving me with someone just to make sure that I, you know, lived, mm-hmm. right? But there wasn't like a set curriculum and whatnot. So I think now I carry myself... All the way. so again, I, I know like I went on a tangent, but like <laughs> here's the part that makes sense. Everything in my life has set me up to now see it as like I have assimilated for too freaking long mm-hmm. and I don't want that for my kids. I yeah. want my kids to be proud to be half Colombian, half, proud to be half Salvadorian. I want them to be able to dance the music, speak the language. I want to give them the opportunity to be proud because if they can learn that from a young age, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I played my part, at least for my ancestors, to know that like I gave them the opportunity to learn because I didn't have that because my yeah. parents were so focused on the assimilation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Does that make any sense? No, yeah, it does. Because based <laughs> off of your experience, yeah, you want something different for your daughters. Yeah. Summarize. <laughs> and summary. <laughs> Damn man. <You> know? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Larry, that's cute, but. <laughs> No, I know. I apologize. Savage, man. <laughs> Always. Uh, but do you, do you ever feel like that? I think that's the biggest struggle, right? Yeah. It's like, at what point, you know, do we acknowledge this simulation and, and, and then how do we, oh. as we get older, try to reverse that? That's so tough. You know, I think it's never too late to learn our native language because we know, and we've talked about this a couple times, a lot of our students, a lot of the younger generations are not learning Spanish. Yeah. Because they're embarrassed, because... Like, like in your case, you know, your parents didn't emphasize it. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted you to learn English as a priority. A lot of times, parents want to learn English, so they'll speak English only to their kids, yeah. and that were that that will hurt the kids' ability to speak Spanish or their native language. Yeah. So we have all of this going on, but so that's it's it all it's all going to come back to us. It our really desire, does. Right. And it has to be. I think that the fact is that we have to push and desire this. And I think we, oh, shoot, I got really close to the mic. <laughs> um, we have an obligation as, you know, mentors, fathers, yeah. role models, leaders to show others that you don't have to, like, kiss butt and assimilate, oh. that you can still be proud and be yourself. Be who you are meant to be. Exactly. And being who you are meant to be is embracing and accepting and being unapologetic to be mm-hmm. who you're from. And, you know, I think that's the, the number one thing we need to push. I think every sector has its, industry, has its like, you know, private or public business or whatnot. But, like, especially in higher education, I mean... It is so... Oh, it's so hard. It's, to me, it kills me because it's like, you know, these institutions are built for white people, right? Yeah. And so when our students, when we see kids that look like us or identify like us and then they go through the system, mm-hmm. I've legit have had meetings where I, I interviewed this one student and she told me that it wasn't until her junior year that she finally made a, another Latino friend. Yeah. 
at, at one of our campuses. And then I just had a, a meeting t- a couple of days ago with uh, a scholarship program and all the students were talking about like, you know, like I feel like I can't be myself. It's just, it sucks that I can't be myself yeah. because like, I just feel like they're, they're judging me. And, and mm-hmm. it's, and I remember I just told them, I was like, yo, screw that. Be proud to be who you are. And yeah. if your culture is part of you, then embrace it and don't say sorry for it because at the end of the day it makes you you and to be mm-hmm. honest i'll be like look I, I, I ain't got nothing to say against anybody else but i'm just like yo it gives us a little bit more sazon you know what i mean like it, <laughs> yeah i'm just like yo like you know like come on now like you know y'all, 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 all y'all enjoying these taquerias and whatnot y'all gotta embrace this too it's like what y'all think these tacos come from all these pupusas and tamales and, and now we got senior frogs and, ta- and uh, lazy donkeys i don't even know what the heck they are like gosh man like yeah y'all, y'all thank you y'all should be thankful for the, for us and embracing the culture of that has given so much to this country and that's what I and I, I hate to go back to this and I, I know I'm gonna shut up this in a minute but like because <laughs> I'm just um, I'm, I'm passionate about this topic I man because yeah. you know I just hate seeing people sell themselves out and like, like, mm-hmm. like hurt themselves in, in a mental physical or whatever other way to be able to please what they think society wants here yeah. in America and it's like yo you just gotta be proud to be yourself don't don't sell sh- don't sell yourself short. Why is your voice all sexy all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Not sexy. Just lower down like. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man! I'm, look, I also like my for- my voice has been hoarse all week, man. So I'm not trying to like talk too loud either. <laughs> God, that makes sense. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. But you make a very loud. <laughs> sorry, laddie. <laughs> this man said, so "You trying to get me caught up in these streets, man?" <laughs> Oh, you know, I think back, this is, uh, and I don't mean this to sound, you know, like such a negative way. I'm not trying to discriminate anybody. Yeah. Uh, but there was a reason I never tried to date uh, white women. Really? Because I could not relate to them in any way, like culturally. Mm. Like, like, again, we're uh, Latino culture, they, they're much more collectivistic. Mm-hmm. much more like la familia right mm-hmm. and also I mean my mom uh, my mom scares me sometimes okay that, that, oh that, yeah that, that, that judgment <laughs> yeah right it's a mm, yeah. like los ojos mm. no, I'm gonna tell you right now I disappointed my mom a lot of times <laughs> at the my early ages <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to your story prophet <laughs> so I mean there was only one time uh, I sort of went out with this girl just to hang out, and we just—I could not relate to her mm-hmm. at all. And that's why, and I have a lot of female friends, and I think I'm really good at making friends mm-hmm. with, with with women. But just uh, I, when I was seeking like a girlfriend, it was always a Latina because I would feel much more comfortable to be who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, to express myself, to speak my language, mm-hmm. right? Hablar español, español es tan bello, es un, es un idioma. Dang, man, this man going with the sexy voice out here <laughs> judging me. I'm trying to, you know, add some competition to you. <laughs> back but, to the story, bro. Get back. Right, see, here we go. Focus. <laughs> so, when you find, again, when, when you find people who you can relate with, mm-hmm. that's so important. Right? It's empowering. It's empowering. And you have a sense of relief 
because you're right. You're putting on this hat to behave, to act a specific way. Mm -hmm. It can mentally exhaust you. Heck yeah. And I don't think people realize that more enough. Like I remember when I first started working professionally and like my first job before at the nonprofit, I remember I used to get on the phone with my mom and I was like, mom, I'm just so tired. And I was like, yeah. why? She's like, she's like, you're not working out in the fields with your dad anymore. You're not landscaping anymore. Like you're not doing any of this. And like, mm -hmm. she's like, you're working in an office. And I was like, mom, it's not that. It's the fact that like, I have to cons like always, I have to think in the back of my head. Like, like I can't say, I can't be myself. And mom's like, well, I don't get it. Like, why can't you be? yourself and I was like you know when I, and I told her about the lunch thing it's like mm -hmm. you know I was sitting down at the lunch table with my other colleagues and I pulled and they were just like what's that you're eating that and I'm just like well you're not eating it yeah. and because I said that now they're viewing me differently mm -hmm. but like that's just the way I've always been I'm not gonna you know be apologetic for who I am you know or what I do or what I culturally you know I'm, I think everyone should be embracing more each other especially in today's day and age I mean the world is becoming more diverse it's becoming a more of a global society and if we don't embrace it I mean people are just going to get left behind and hey man like the way these demographics looking man we're going to be taking over this country man <laughs> so you better embrace it now or before you know we come after it I don't like Spanish <laughs> I need spicy food and pupusas and plantains oh yeah, man. All of that, man. All of it. Yeah, you know, what, you know, I, I and then it, it, going back to the leadership part, right? And it's funny because like I was just talking about this with the, with my group of kids, and I think in I think you and me and our, our our friend Christian do this such a great job, and I challenge everyone all the time. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, don't get too comfortable being where you're at, right? Like yeah. you can be a great leader, but you can still be a great leader and not assimilate and be true to yourself because you can move. But you can also move by still being yourself. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure someone's going to recognize that that is bravery. Because that is bravery. Mm -hmm. You know, when they see you stand up or they see you say something. I remember I went toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with one director and they were trying to do something and then I sent an email back and said, no, like, you know, what you're asking is, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a little, um, uh, it's discriminating because are you know, because mm -hmm. you're asking people of a certain race to do something and none of them report to you. And then I just remember that we had a one-on-one -on -one and then she was able to acknowledge that like, yo, yeah. like, I didn't even see it that way. So that's why for me, it's like, you gotta be able to be yourself and, and educate others too, because, mm -hmm. They don't sometimes, and, I, and I, I'm trying to be more like you and Christian and be like, you know, <laughs> give people the benefit of the doubt, even though, like, uh, uh. Well, me and Christian, uh, we give the benefit of the doubt. Doubt we my also, leash more. <laughs> we're like, hold on, Larry. But we also, me and him, yeah. push when we need to push as Yeah. Well. And that's something I admire. I think, but that's, I think that's the leadership part in all. And I think that's why I'm so fortunate enough to have, like, you two in this space as we all continue moving up because we're able to check ourselves, tell ourselves, give each other different perspectives and still stay true and be ourselves with mm -hmm. each other because it'd be different if we all moved up and then we'd be like, no, 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 don't do that. Or no, no, don't say that. You know, mm -hmm. we encourage you like, okay, like let's think about like, how do we move forward? How do we try to address this issue? You know, yeah. because we do do that a lot amongst us three. So mm -hmm. I think that, and, I, and it sets an example for these freaking, you know, for a while. Well, it sets an example for the kids. Well, we are about to, you know, drop some bars, but, um, <laughs> I think it sets an example for the students because there it's it's the ripple effect that's happening. It is. It's happening, and we're seeing it more and more now with like the every generation. Every generation, the students that walk on campus, students now feel more empowered to say things because they see us be the models for it. So I'm pretty proud of the fact of what we're doing. I think we're doing great work. 
Agreed. Agreed. Man. Well, man, profe, well, this was one heck of a conversation, yeah, I feel man. Like it's been a roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah, look, look, I'm gonna tell you right now, the holidays are coming up. Don't y'all be doing nothing no fancy now. Like, <laughs> look, when it, look, when it comes for Thanksgiving, don't y'all replace the tamales with the turkey. Y'all better keep those tamales out there. When the it comes salsa. time for the salsa, when it comes time, all my salvies out there. When it comes time for for Christmas, y'all make sure you got those sandwiches de pollo. Don't don't be, don't y'all be bringing out no casserole and whatnot. Like. <laughs> Uh, we, we need we, we need to make sure that we continue you know the culture moving forward and being present during these moments as well during the holidays so anyway man i'm gonna go ahead and just be quiet bro any last thoughts man no nah, just be who you are enjoy it embrace it grow there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with being latino exactly man yeah and um i <laughs> I try hard not to give my, cause I, I, you know, I do horrible with like, you know, recognition or anything, but I was just recently <laughs> on, on a newsletter, on a newsletter, um, mm-hmm. for a different organization. And I think I wrote something along the lines of, and I told the, and I told this to my last students and I was like, embrace who you are because we are our ancestors wildest dreams yeah who would have thought that generations later we would be doing the things that we're doing, setting up the next generation you know we're the wildest dreams that no one ever thought of and it's, I think it's important for us to take that into consideration as we grow and develop that you know we we oh we have a responsibility to the culture and to our community to continue moving the progress forward yeah I completely agree with that sweet all right man well, any right. last quotes any last thoughts no no it looks like you're hungry I don't have food in my house I apologize for that you've been giving me crap all day about it <laughs> Remember, I'm a bachelor. I live alone. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So on that note, <laughs> I ain't trying to get you caught up on the streets with this podcast, man. I know you were trying to with my sexy voice. And I, I can't, Wait, you're uh, the one that went. Yeah. You know, you changed the tone. I was like, I didn't Whoa. change the tone. My voice is hoarse. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I didn't know what your intentions were. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, well, stay tuned, y'all. We'll, we'll be dropping our, our last few episodes coming out soon. So thank y'all again for joining us on this uh, amazing roller coaster uh, we really appreciate all of our listeners i just want to just give uh just a second of gratitude to y'all just thank y'all so much and stay tuned for our next um, few episodes and we'll see you on the next one yeah take care peace